Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I'm your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt. Today is a very special day, as is always the day that I record with you. But this one is particularly mm-hmm. special because we are talking about one of our favorite captains of all time, a captain who means a lot to both of us, a captain who we spent years, literally years, and Four. hundreds of hours discussing. And we get to bring that today to punch it, and that is Janeway, because we're doing a what-if scenario, a what-if, a scenario where we're just like, what if this happened, and what if this person was placed on this at this place at this time? And so last time we did something like this, it was, what if Cisco was uh, the commander of Voyager? And then before that, it was, what if Archer commanded the Enterprise D and was in the 24th century? And so we get to have all these cool ideas and all these rules, and, and, and we get to break those rules at the same <laughs> time. And so today, we're kind of swapping what we did with Cisco and Voyager. And so Janeway is going to be on Deep Space Nine. Yes, we're going to envision the series with her as the commander, well, the captain of the station Mm -hmm. and what that might look like. And I have a feeling this time we're going to have to possibly change a lot. Yeah, we we changed a lot of Voyager's setup with Cisco. Uh Like like in in our last one, Cisco was never on... Deep Space Nine, never heard of Deep Space Nine. He went straight from Utopia Planitia to Voyager. Boom, that's how it was. And we definitely recommend you guys go back and listen to it because not only because our shows are great, but because <laughs> that story in particular was a lot of fun. So you can do that by going to the nerdparty.com slash punch it. And you can check out all of our backlogged episodes. You can also find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. All of that's located at the nerdparty.com. You can also find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. And just for the record, I want to say I love this little series that we're doing where we've put the captains on different ships. It occurred to me we've got one more after this, and that is Picard on the NX-01. <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued. I think that would be a lot more interesting because like, we could put him on the 1701, like the original oh, true, Enterprise. True, we But could. I think the NX would be much more interesting. I think there's a lot more, I like, that's taking Picard out of his element a lot more, I think. I think so, too, but we'll we'll discuss that next time. Right. But first, as they say on Mission Log, but first, we got to talk some Janeway commanding a station. Okay. So, as we all know, with Deep Space Nine, how Cisco got on board was is that he was, um, he was at Utopia Planitia, 
And then they needed a commander for the station because the station was just liberated from Cardassian occupation. And it was a Cardassian station and it was orbiting Bajor. And he, you know, Cisco didn't really want to be there. He was just like, I don't know. I was like, I, I might be, uh, I might be done with Starfleet. You know, this, this might yeah. be it for me. This, this might be all that I want to do. Yeah, he and was kind of at a crossroads. And then there he became the emissary and all that kind of business. And so with Janeway at the helm, we got to ask ourselves, like, how does she get there? And also, does she become the emissary of the prophets? Oh, oh, yeah. My mind has been spinning with these kinds of questions since we decided that this was going to be our topic for this week. Because because Janeway is such a woman of science. The fact that she's going to become a religious figure, potentially, well, that brings up a serious maybe curve in her journey how reluctant is she to do it to start off does she eventually come around we saw in voyager on sacred ground where she had a somewhat spiritual religious experience where she really had to put her faith in the unknown is it possible over seven years could she embrace the role of emissary or not so this is one of those intriguing things where she's really going to be put out of her element, even more so than Cisco, I would say. Well, let's crawl before we sprint here. So how does <laughs> she get on board? How does she get the assignment? Because I feel like this would be a little bit easier. I think it would be easier to get Janeway on Deep Space Nine than it would be Cisco on Voyager. Mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. Janeway, she's like, she's already there. You know, she's out. She's out and about. She's ready for an assignment. Well, I think... If you embrace the fact that Janeway is first and foremost a scientist, what if Deep Space Nine became a research center? Okay, so that's something that we have to talk about. So, right? are we okay? Uh, now we're altering. Here's I the know, thing, I know, we're altering a huge part of the show from the get-go. But I want to bring it up because that makes sense for her character. Or do we make her fit the premise of the show Deep Space Nine as we know it? I, I, that's kind of my urge. Like, I feel like is that's it? what we should do is that we should oh. mold Janeway to fit Deep Space Nine, don't you? Mm, I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my honest opinion where I'm thinking if, if there's some sort of research component to Deep Space Nine, that would make sense to put Janeway there. Otherwise, why her? Okay, how about this then? What? Okay, so this is something that we could do. What if... Hmm. So... What if Cisco was sent to Deep Space Nine, and he actually fulfilled his promise? Like what? Like he's talking to uh, to Jean Luc Picard, and he says he's like, "Yeah, I might not want to stay here." Then Jean Luc's like, "Well, we need someone to stay here." And then he changes his mind at the end of Emissary, and Jean Luc's like, "Uh, sorry, buddy, no, we're not letting you stay because you don't. We don't feel like you're committed." Ooh, and so they have to burn. bring in somebody else. And with the discovery of the wormhole, they're like, "Well, we need someone." who can research the wormhole and like lead the research for the wormhole as well as who's not scared of deep space missions and going to the gamma quadrant and everything like that. Well, like uh-huh. I just happen to know a bright young scientist who is interested in meeting new new races and new civilizations as well as exploring in deep space if that comes to it. And then boom, we have that. Now that brings in the emissary problem though. Yes, because that yes. way Cisco would still be the emissary, but he's not on Deep Space Nine. He's not near Bajor. Right. Ooh. Oh, oh, okay. I really like this, though, because it f- it does fit the Janeway paradigm, where she could be researching 
the gamma quadrant and and maybe making discoveries about the wormhole and all sorts of fun stuff. Meanwhile, it does tap into her command training because then she would be commanding the station. Now, do they send Cisco off to our imaginary scenario of commanding Voyager? <laughs> um, I mean, Voyager was there at Deep Space Nine before it went off to the Badlands. They could just say, Picard could say, all right, buddy, you're off on this ship now. We're, we've got a replacement for you. You're being reassigned. I mean, how hard would that hit the audience in the show? That would be really weird. Like, it, like that's yeah. the thing. Was like, that was years later. And well, I don't right. feel like... We're talking like two years of Deep Space Nine with Benjamin Sisko, and then he's getting sent off to another show. Meanwhile, Deep Space Nine has somebody new come in to run the station. I feel like we're getting way too in the weeds of our own canon. Because... <laughs> Maybe, like, maybe I, a little bit. I, I don't think we need to be in the same universe where Cisco is on Voyager at this point. I think this okay. is just its own thing, its own story, just to keep it simple. Just oh, to keep it simple. okay. But it's so much fun. It is a lot of fun. Like, And we've we've done this in the past, like in our previous show, To the Journey. We did a lot of things where we can, we kept a canon. We had a multi-part story we within did. a mere universe, within a movie, mm-hmm. you know, within its own section. Like, what if Voyager got home, like in the middle of the show? How would that look? <laughs> we've and tackled that a was lot a, of things over the years. It was always a lot of fun. But with this one, we don't have to go with my idea. Like, we don't have to go where, like, Cisco was brought in for the first episode and then kicked out. Because, like, from a production standpoint, that wouldn't make sense. Like, from a TV show no. standpoint, that's a horrible idea. But from it our is. standpoint, just a what-if scenario, maybe that's the what-if. What if Jean-Luc actually did kick out Cisco because he wasn't committed from the the get-go? Maybe that's the what-if scenario, and they brought in Janeway. So that way, hmm. it buttons it up, and that's the scenario. Man, and poor Cisco because he already has some less than kind feelings towards Jean-Luc Picard just because of his role in Wolf 359. Right. So this is really going to create some serious friction between them. And in this in this canon, it would be fun to possibly address that sometime down the road because those two eventually have to bury the hatchet. And also because he is the emissary, and I feel horrible not making him the emissary, I think he would have to pop up again. Like maybe he does leave Starfleet and lives on Bajor, and Janeway has to interact with Cisco as no longer a Starfleet officer, but as the emissary of the Bajoran religion. Huh. Okay, so basically we're making Ben Cisco a kind of like a co-starring role. I'd say... Or a recurring guest, at the very least. I'd say recurring guest, yeah. A little hmm. bit less than Garrick, I'd say. Okay, but then that does take away Janeway being put on as the emissary and she doesn't have to go through that journey of either embracing a faith that she initially mm-hmm. does not care at all about and whatnot you're maybe taking away from that aspect of the story well let's take let's let's take a look at it from two options so my option is cisco is the emissary still but he's he's not allowed to be the commander of the station because john luke doesn't have any faith in him and so he stays around and he is the emissary and he's a recurring guest role or we completely remove, there's no such thing as Cisco. Cisco's never heard of, he was never on the station, he's never there. Janeway has the exact same experience as Cisco, where she discovers the wormhole, becomes the emissary of the prophets, and then we move forward. I feel like in order just to move the conversation along, I think we could put the emissary question to the side for a second and just kind of look at it from a Starfleet perspective and a personnel perspective and a relationship perspective. 
Okay. So let's do that. So those are our two options for emissary. But in order to move forward, Janeway is the commander of the station. I think she's a captain right off the bat. She's got to be. I hate that they did that to Cisco. I always thought it was weird. It was dumb. I'm yeah. Why didn't they just make him a captain? I don't know. But so Jane was the captain. She comes in. I don't really want to rewrite emissary the episode. I just uh-huh. kind of want to get going. Like I'm just like, what are things like on the station? What's life like on the station? Okay. So okay. her first officer is Kira Norris. Yeah. Now, this is the first time this has happened. In this, like, because, you know, we got it in Discovery, but this is before Discovery, the show. Right. So this is the first time we have a female captain and a female XO all together at the same time. And you know what? On top of that, we have an amazing trio of women kind of ruling at the top. We, we would have, we're going to have Janeway, we're going to have Kira Nerys, and we're going to have Dax. Imagine these three making it happen. That's yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's it's, the power. It's kind of like what we had in Voyager, where we had, I guess they weren't like shot callers, but we, we, I mean, we had the Janeway, we had Balana, and we had Kess, and then we had Seven of Nine, and so those were all, you know, very extremely powerful people. But with Deep Space Nine, there's much more of a, uh, a much more of a command structure. People higher higher up in the command yes, chain. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the triad is built into running the station. I mean, they are the Kirk, Scotty, and Bones, or or, or actually Kirk, Spock, and Bones. Sorry, Scotty. Yeah, no, I, I knew what you meant, though, but that's, that is Thank spot you. on. It is, it is a modern-day Kirk, Spock, it and Bones. Is. Absolutely, So yeah. this is the station of the Valkyries, as Q would say. <laughs> okay, so what is Janeway's relationship like with Kira? How does that go? Because Kira is a... Hothead. She's very similar to Bellana in that realm. Right very off the bat. much. So honestly, I think that translates quite a bit. Where Janeway, I think she's going to try to be patient with Kira, but she's not going to be afraid to put her in her place when Kira's crossed the line. She's going to yeah. make Kira take a step back every now and then and say, "Look, I understand where you're coming from, but we have to do this the Starfleet way. We have to do things right. You know, you've got to do this with a cooler head, if that makes any sense." I think, yeah, I think she would be able to temper her the same way that Cisco tempered her. Yeah, and same with Balana, you know? She's not gonna, yeah. she was never afraid to dress her down, but at the same time, she was willing to hear her out, too. Exactly. And I feel like they would have, I know that there was a situation where I love that they actually address this in the show, but Kira kind of always kept her distance from Cisco because she was a little intimidated by him. Not because he was a man or not because he was the commander or not because he was Starfleet or anything like that. None of that BS, but because he was the emissary of her religion. Right, right. So we're not necessarily deciding on emissary or not, but if that's the case, then it's the same kind of dynamic between Janeway I think so, and Nerese. Because it's not so much the person that she has an issue with, it's the position. Right, and it's the power. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Janeway and Kira would get along faster earlier than Cisco and Kira did. And I have no reasoning behind it other than, yeah, I I have no reasoning. It's just a feeling. Just I feel like they would have some sort of weird kinship. Well, you know, I think the on-screen chemistry, say Kate Mulgrew and Nana Visitor on screen together is just going to be incredibly good. So I think that alone just 
connecting on a certain unspeakable level in in front of our eyes, we're going to see it and it's going to make a lot of sense that, yeah, maybe they are going to cement things a little quicker. It's going to be a little more harmonious, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch at the same time. It's not going to get boring. So let's go ahead and go down the list. Dax, since we're talking about her, how is Janeway's relationship with Dax? Now, do we keep the whole like Curzon new Janeway thing? Or do... yeah, okay, this was one of the things that I was thinking about in preparation for the show. I think this has to change a little bit. I don't see Janeway interacting much with Klingons. I don't either. I think that Curzon knew Cisco and, and didn't know Janeway, and so she has no real connection with Dax. But I would like to see... I, I think Janeway would see Dax and value her history and her input the same way that she valued Tuvok's age and wisdom, Very I think that would translate so. well to Dax. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I could see her talking with Dax kind of just like as a person of counsel. And I do think on a scientific level, those two, they're going to get along oh. really well. They're going to oh, yeah. be nerding we- out just like Janeway and Bolana. I could see a lot of great away missions with the two of them. Where oh, Janeway yeah. totally shouldn't be on an away mission alone with her, of but course. she's going to do it anyway because <laughs> she wants the discovery to be her own. And I could just see them like trapped on a planet, and they like they totally like MacGyver themselves out of every situation using science and math oh, heck and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Almost competitively, maybe where they're trying <laughs> uh, to outscience po- each other. A science off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a science off, people. It's a science off. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. I want to see that happen now. now. O'Brien, I feel like she would push O'Brien around. Think and so? I think he would cave. I think like Janeway would say, he would say, okay, I can get it done in, in 24 hours. And she says, okay, you've got 15. And he goes, oh, crap. <laughs> Instead of like shouting back like Bellana did saying, hey, when I say 24 hours, I mean 24 hours. And I think O'Brien would just go, okay, I'll try to get it done in 15. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe, lo and behold, he actually does, which will only prove that Janeway's expectations of him are accurate and he's going to get pushed that much further. I could see some scenarios where he's coming home to Keiko just grumbling and tired and really just tired of Janeway and her smack. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know how longer, much longer I can put up with this lady. And I, I think there would be a situation where he would just explode, where yep. we would see, like, O'Brien is usually, like, is pretty, I don't want to say, like, because we have seen him get angry, we've seen him get get crazy with people, but never really people above him, never people in positions of power, but I could see him lose it in a situation where... It's gonna, yeah, it's going to boil for a while, and then he's going to blow up at a moment when you think, okay whoa, you're really overreacting, but it's not just whatever is happening in the particular moment. It's the culmination of a lot of things that he's bottled up inside. Yeah, I can see that happening absolutely with Janeway. So, yep, and then they're going to have to have that heart-to-heart moment of truth. (laughs) And it'll be great. That'll be fun. I think that would make for a lot of drama. Now, what about Odo? Odo. This is a tricky one. It is, because I I do think that, you know, to some extent, Janeway is, she's all about the scales of justice, the rule of law, that sort of thing, like, just that, that is the way it is. But Odo is such a, I mean, he's not Starfleet, so 
there is that edge there. But yeah, he is he's such a, a different kind of guy. He's not your typical security chief. Cisco put up with a lot of Odo, especially at the beginning. Like Odo was was gruff, belligerent, you know, like talked yeah. back to Cisco. Cisco kind of let it slide. She's not gonna put up with that. No, I that yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I do not think that she would give Odo as much slack as Cisco did. She's gonna have to whip him in line and maybe that's going to make him question whether or not he wants to remain on the station after a while. It could be. Like, maybe that's a storyline where Janeway kind of contributes to Odo going out and finding his people on his own because he just, <laughs> like, he can't stand working for Janeway. Man, we're making Janeway a bear. Like, she, uh... We really are. Like, dang. Yeah, I don't think... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're intending to do this, but with this kind of cast of characters, people are a little more rough around the edges because i'm sorry the maquis thing they just never gave that enough friction everybody fell into line way too fast yeah and it wasn't because janeway's such a good captain that she just whipped them all in line no 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 the writers staled out deep space nine is different yeah like with voyager they all kind of fell to the to the feet to worship janeway right off the bat and i don't think they people did. at deep space nine would do that and no odo is a prime example of that where He's never going to think that she is just awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> and there was plenty, there was actually a couple of times, I think, where Odo went to Cisco and like threatened to leave and said like, listen, I'm just going to go. Like, I will leave. Yeah, you have did. my resignation if you do this. And I think Jane, we would go, okay, fine. Yep. There's the door. <laughs> right. I'm not going to stop you. It's your choice. You're free to go. Yeah. And so then Odo, grumble, 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 is going to have to have an adventure and then eventually decide to stay because actor contracts. I think that would be a summer adventure. I think he would quit at the end of season three and then come <laughs> back at the beginning of season four mm. and then begrudgingly accept uh, his position back, but with a new understanding. Okay, that could be fun. Whatever yeah, that I'm, might be. Whatever that might be. Right. All right, so who who's, uh, who's underneath there? So we got uh, Julian. Julian Bashir. Oh, boy. You kind know, of like I, the Tom Paris a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I think maybe Janeway is going to recognize a little bit her her cocky younger self in Julian and just maybe let him be a little bit. Let him figure things out for himself. But at the same time, she's got a quick wit and she's not going to completely let him go. She's going to give him a zinger every now and then and put him in his place. Now, I think Julian gets a bad reputation sometimes oh are you forgetting season one tristan he was awful remind me of some things in season one honestly I, that that's a that's a that's a genuine request he is this incredibly gifted doctor and this is before we knew that he was genetically engineered right just he could have gone anywhere and he chooses deep space nine to do real frontier medicine because he's so privileged to be able to go anywhere that he's going to bless everybody with his presence 
basically. Mm -hmm. That's kind of his attitude. And he thinks he's so good with the ladies. He tries so uncomfortably hard to get Dax. And it's, it's, it's downright harassment at times. It's gross. He's kind of a creepy, gross guy for a while. He mellows out. He gets so much better. But he starts off bad, really bad. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to, like, I have such a vague memory of that that I will definitely take your word for that. Now, <laughs> because does Julian have the cojones to transfer that from Dax to Janeway in season one? Ooh, ooh, that's aiming really high. I don't think so. I think he still fancies Dax. Okay. Now, does Janeway step in? Does Janeway, because I feel like like if we were going to go outside the world a little bit, I feel like Kate Mulgrew wouldn't really stand for some of that and actually write in like, okay, Janeway needs to say something because this is borderline Ooh. harassment. Oh, I like it. Maybe she and Jadzia are walking along on the promenade. Julian comes up, tries to make some really stupid pass at Dax to maybe get her to go to dinner or something stupid. And Janeway just almost nonchalantly Dude, bro, no. <laughs> Try. She puts him, like, puts him in his place. Yeah, 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 exactly. She's just going to tell him, this is unacceptable for a senior staff member on my station. Don't you dare do this to another mm -hmm. member of my crew again. Yeah, I, I think it would be, I don't think it would be like one right off the bat, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but no. I think it would be a series of comments and gestures where she actually corrects that behavior, where she's she snaps it in line. You know what? I, di I disagree. I think it's only going to take once to get him to recognize it, it and then he's going to snap out of it and that's going to make really? a powerful statement. Yes. Yes. Maybe or at least he's going to have a little bit of restraint. He's going to maybe try to be a little more well thought out the next time maybe he talks with Jadzia. He's going to walk on eggshells a little bit and then we get to see nervous Julian Bashir. Really insecure Julian Bashir, who doesn't have enough social graces to handle somebody like Jadzia at this point, trying to make things like maybe to try and uh, at least say, "Hey, look, are we friends? Are we cool? I I'll stop. I, I just, I just, I really just like you." And then maybe they can come to a an understanding a little faster. Where she's like, "Yes, I, I, I understand. I, I, I know what somebody with a crush looks like, but Julian, I'm just not interested." And so then he's got to let it go. I I like everything that you're saying, but I think you're giving Julian too much credit that it would only take <laughs> one comment from one captain to say, but stop it. Here's why I'm thinking that is, if it doesn't work one time, is it going to work any better the second time, the third time? I think one powerful statement should be all it takes as an example of what to do and what not to do. Remember, Star okay. Trek is role models. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now, later on, does she, like, when he kind of sobers up and and uh, and calms down, do they develop any kind of friendship, any kind of relationship? Cisco and Bashir never really had any kind of relationship. I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be the same with Janeway and Bashir. Really, how much do they have in common? Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I think it would just be one of those characters that they interact just because of the plot. What if they play tennis? Oh, that'd be interesting. That's a great idea. Julian, I mean, he likes to play racquetball, right? If I'm recalling yeah. correctly. So, I mean, Handball, tennis is not quite the same thing, but it's kind of in the same family where maybe he gets Janeway to reprice tennis and beats the pants off of her and he gives her a few friendly jabs about that. I think that's a great idea. I really do. I think that is one way for them to connect on a level that, you know, maybe they they wouldn't have otherwise. Yes, that's, that's yeah. great. 
so there we go. There's that. All right. What about Quark? Quark, I think, would be evicted by season two. <laughs> Do you suppose she's going to put Rom in charge of the, the bar? I, I think it's one of those things where Janeway would refuse to understand how things quote unquote work. I, I like Cisco was kind of Cisco. Cisco took the cue of Odo by saying like, okay, I'll give you some leeway. You know, we're in our own little society. You know, like I'm not going to come in. I'm not going to be the sheriff of London. You know, it, it, this is going to be like uh, Cisco's like, okay, I'll let some things slide. I don't think Janeway would let anything slide. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that she's going to fall in line with the whole idea of, oh, you know, that's just Quark. Because a lot of times Cisco and company will do that. Like Quark is just going to Quark. And unless he's doing something truly illegal and and whatnot, then we're just going to let him be. Because that's just the way Ferengi are, right? Mm. No, I think, yeah, she would definitely lay down the law a lot more. Now, would he get evicted from the station though i struggle with that aspect of it (laughs) yeah okay so maybe he's not evicted but i think she would definitely make it harder for him to cheat and steal than cisco did Uh uh-huh and i think maybe she would be harder on odo to make him comply yeah that'd be a trickle down effect absolutely Uh uh uh-huh therefore probably straining that relationship even more But then, I mean, you kind of want to have those two struggling, so it's only going to emphasize that. One of my favorite moments, like, because I love how Cisco yells. One of my favorite (laughs) Cisco yelling moments was when he was yelling at Quark, like Quark was in his office, I think. And it's when he was selling arms and Uh he wasn't technically doing anything wrong because they were all holographic and there was no weirdness. I mean, there, there was no actual weapons on the station. And so he's not really selling anything on the station. And because the person who he was in business with, like, helped out the Bajorans, like, the Bajoran militia said that they were going to let it slide. And then, like, Cisco swings Quark's chair around and says, I have let a lot slide, but if you so much as litter on the promenade, I will nail you to the wall. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I forgot about that moment. Oh, that's so good. Gosh, I need to watch DS9 again. I I need to start a rewatch too. I think Janeway wouldn't even get to that moment. She would say like, listen, if you can't follow the law, then there's no place for you here on Deep Space Nine. I think it would be right off the bat. It was just like, get your, clean your nose, get your house in order. Right. She's going to be much more rah-rah Starfleet. This is a Starfleet station now. I don't care how it was before. You're going to follow these rules or you're out of here. We can get somebody else in here just as easily to take over the bar and keep things running here. We don't need you. Everybody's replaceable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we can get another bartender. It's no problem. Yeah. So do you suppose that would that be enough to get Quark to fall in line at least enough to where he's not going to get evicted? I think he would he would pretend to fall in line and he would just be he would just get sneakier and sneakier right so then hmm yeah i would love to see rom call him out on that grow some cojones <laughs> and rat out his brother a little bit yeah i th- i could definitely see that happening very much so okay so who else who are we missing i feel like we're missing people well there is no jake no jake in the, on this series there's no children but what about her relationship with Mark. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, 
does Mark eventually join her on the station? Is Mark not in the picture? Yeah, where, what are we going to do with this aspect of it? I mean, is it possible that maybe Janeway will want to raise a family on the station? Does she see that as a suitable place to do so? I think that's something that we need to explore. I think. Yeah. I think what I think it's kind of like it would probably be like Keiko, where she would bring Mark on to the station because she's like, listen, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. This isn't like me going on Voyager for three months. Right. You know, and coming back. And so if we're going to continue a kind of relationship, then you need to come here. And I think it would work for a little bit, but I don't think it would work long term. I don't think she's meant to be with Mark. I agree. Mark is just way too bland for her. I think he would come on and maybe he'd be there for a year or two. Or heck, would, maybe he wouldn't even last that long. Maybe he wouldn't even last a season. And they, yeah. they, she brings him on and they agree like, okay, we'll try this out. And then he says, he's like, I just can't do this. My, I don't even know what he does. I can't remember what he does. Um. Oh gosh, I'm, I remember in Mosaic, he's like some sort of philosophical think tank. Okay. So he could, tra- he could potentially travel anywhere. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe he's traveling a lot. Maybe, oh, maybe. We have a bit of a role reversal here where instead of it's Janeway kind of hopping on ship to ship and going all all directions across the galaxy and Mark is kind of her rock at home, she wants stability. Since they're on this station, she's thinking, hey, maybe now is the time to settle down and have some stability in our lives. And meanwhile, no, he's out traveling, going to symposiums and conferences and whatnot and presenting, and their lives just ultimately are not compatible. I think, yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see them try, like both of them give an honest college try yeah. and it not work out. Like because with Keiko and O'Brien, they did this weird thing where Keiko took the kids and lived on Bajor for most of the time and just to get her out of O'Brien's hair. <laughs> and it just yeah. it just yeah. felt weird from a story standpoint and it just felt odd and they stuck together. I think with this, they wouldn't. It would fall apart. I think, yeah, and it would show just how difficult I think it is, especially for women, but also men, to have that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Trying to portray it where sometimes just the demands of life, two well-meaning people can have really incompatible goals, and no matter how much they love each other, it's not enough. Yeah, sometimes love isn't enough, and I think this this is one of those times, and... So what do we do with her love life after, after that? After that? Well... Because she's not in the same position with Voyager. Like, she can... There's no handsome first officer for her to uh, potentially get stranded on a planet with. <laughs> well, I think they would... Uh, I think with Cisco, he found Cassidy. Yeah. And Cassidy kind of was... Basically, what you described with Mark is what Cassidy is, because she's a freighter captain, and so she kept traveling, coming back, traveling, coming back. Right, so we could have done that. I feel like Janeway would want somebody there. I think Janeway would want somebody on the station. And I think that would be a really awesome thing to have in Star Trek, where Janeway's the captain, she's a woman, and there is a husband waiting for her at home. Yeah, that would be very cool. So is she going to enter into a relationship with, I mean, somebody who's living on the station, obviously. Mm -hmm. Is it a civilian? Because do we really want to get into the whole thing of, oh, you shouldn't date a subordinate officer? I think it's got to be a civilian. I am with you 100% on that one. What if they, oh, oh, what if they want, they run a restaurant? Oh. 
taking a page out of the Cisco book. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like they run a restaurant on the station because we all know Janeway can't cook. <gasps> Perfect. She marries a chef. She's home free. And so that's one of the reasons why she's attracted to him is because he can cook. <laughs> Never mind the fact that he's charming and handsome. The guy can cook. That's exactly. Important. I love it. And I love it. That's great. And he's trying to teach her maybe. Plot twist. It's the same actor who plays Michael. Oh, wow. <laughs> is he Irish? Sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Oh, oh, that's hilarious. I love it. I love that so much. That has to happen. So really, let's give Mark maybe a couple of seasons and then we've got to get to this good stuff. Yeah. Now, okay. Do we really make this a very special episode of Deep Space Nine and eventually have a wedding? Because, okay. Oh, oh yeah. also, speaking of which, what about Worf? We do have to talk about Worf, but I want to talk about, what's his name? I want to talk about this, this fiance just a little bit more. Just okay. Okay. More. Let's finish up with that. Okay, so here's the thing is that like a lot of people went to Quarks and got food. They yeah. either like they they went to the Replimat or they went to Quarks or they ate in their quarters. I feel like this new place, this would be like they would go to Quarks to drink and play, but they would go to Mr. Janeway. <laughs> for, Mr. Janeway, I love it. For fine dining. Ooh, okay, so he's upscale. I think that's the thing. He's upscale. He's the he's the nice. You take a date to Mr. Janeway's and you take a you take a bro to Quarks. Right. Well, like if you want greasy bar food, you're going to just eat and drink at Quarks, but if you want something nice, you go to Mr. Janeway's and that is the name of his restaurant now. <laughs> and like and you you sell the replimat cuz like that's for a quick lunch. Sure, sure. Perfect. But Quark of course will see this as competition, and so we're going to have to have some sort of episode on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have a lot of friction between Mr. Janeway and Quark all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like maybe maybe Quark tries to kind of up his game a little bit. He's like, I need to class up the joint. Uh-huh. And then Mr. Jane was just like, do I need to add in a bar? Should <laughs> I put in a TV? And, yeah. and really, like, yeah, Quark does not know how to do anything but like trashy food. So and, and that's ultimately what his clientele wants. But they have to get there and figure it out. Right. They they kind of realize that they can divide the clientele. I love this. Ep- this episode writes itself. Oh, this is... I want to watch this episode so bad. Okay, so we only have a few minutes left, so let's go ahead and talk about Worf. Okay, we got to do this. Now, Janeway and Worf, are they going to get along at all? I kind of wonder. I think so, because I think I think Janeway loves respect. She loves the chain of command, and so does Worf. That's a good point. So maybe they're going to get along better than I initially thought. I think they're going to be simpatico. Think so? That I much? do. I I think it's crazy, but it's just so crazy it, it might work. Okay. Where, all right. Like yeah, like Worf is all about tradition, Klingon ways, and and honor and everything like that. I think Janeway respects that. Yeah. But at the same time, loves his sense of duty, and sees him as a valued officer, and wants to see him succeed. I think she sees him as a project where she's just like, you know what? I'm going to bring you on board. I'm going to put you in a red uniform. I'm going to give you the Defiant. You're going to be the captain of the station when I leave. Ooh, all right. So she's going to try and groom him. I do think, though, that this relationship ends on a professional level, though, because what they have in common are things like duty and respect and whatnot. That's going to be great in the work environment. Personally, they might not have that much in common. They might not have much to talk about. 
No, I don't think so. I, I think I think and I think Worf is okay with that kind of distance. He's like, I don't need to socialize with my captain. I don't need to be buddies with my captain. Yeah, agreed. I think that honestly, yeah, that works really well for Worf and Janeway just follows suit because it, it's fine the way it is. And then meanwhile, I do think Worf and Jadzia, they go through their whole thing. They get yeah. married. I think everything kind of stays the same in that mm-hmm. regard. And uh yeah, I think we have it. I think we have our episode. Okay. Oh, this is fun. Okay, you know what? I, I really wish now that our canon was real. Because this would be a fun show. Not that Deep Space this, Nine wasn't, but dang. This would be a very, very different show. I mean, like, we should come back to this and explore later seasons and, like, how would Janeway handle the Dominion War? Ooh, right? Because we only occasionally saw her dealing with we saw her deal with people like the Krenim and the Malon, but it was only for maybe a, a little a small series of episodes, maybe a two-parter here and there. How does she deal with a sustained, ongoing conflict? Yeah, yeah. And how does she how does she handle losing Deep Space Nine? And does she try to regain it? You know, yeah. all these kind of things. Would oh make my a great god, it's, that's her own year of hell right there. Yeah. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Oh okay. my. Well, well, there you have it, folks. That was our episode. Let us know what you thought. You can go to the nerdparty.com slash contact, select, uh, punch it from the drop-down menu, fill out the form. It'll send us an email. We can't wait to hear from you. And you can also find us all over so on uh, social media online. Just go to the nerdparty.com for all of that. Now, next week, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to continue to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.